Welcome everyone to the Keystone Connection podcast, where we are here to discuss only the most important topics in this wide world of sport that we live in. This is Vince from the Steel City. She's Pam from the City of Brotherly Love. And believe it or not, we are still married. It's East meets West. So let's get right to it. Keystone Connection podcast coming at you here on September 25th, 2018. We are back for another great episode. As always, you can subscribe to the show uh, on iTunes or whatever podcast application you may choose. Uh, 100% free of charge. It costs you nothing to subscribe. It's the best way to listen to the show. We got a lot to talk about here, so we got to get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Steelers, last night, big victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A much-needed victory on a Monday night showcase after a disastrous performance against the Chiefs, at least defensively. Uh, And that's where I want to start here. Did you see enough from this defense against the Buccaneers who held them to only 10 points in the first half, gave up some in the second half, but then did make the big stops down the stretch. Did you see enough from this defense to feel make you feel a little bit better moving forward here? No. Why not? Because they still let up a lot of passing yards, and Tampa Bay was able to move the ball very easily. If it wasn't for a really bad pass by Ryan Fitzpatrick um, that Bud Dupree intercepted and scored on, I think this game would go a little differently I think that really shifted the momentum and I just don't like how easily teams can move the ball against the Steelers defense well it it wasn't perfect uh but I did what I did like is that the Steelers got a lot of pressure on the quarterback I, I thought that that was very good um let's not also forget that there were a number of drives that were extended via uh, roughing the passer penalty on both sides on though. on both sides but we're talking about the Steelers defense here and I think that you know they showed a lot of improvement and and I think a lot of that is attributed to Joe Hayden uh, it's amazing that this guy means so much to the ball club but uh, he really helped them a lot and I think that you know the pass rush was so much better the Buccaneers aren't a great team by any stretch of the imagination you know, they're not nearly as good as what the Chiefs were but I, I like the improvement. I feel a little bit better about it. You just contradicted yourself. They're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but they marched the ball down the field and came back in the second half. Well, well maybe Steelers a little bit. should have dead and buried them. Well, I think they... a lot of that had to do with penalties. In the second half, all the rough and the passers were in the first half. There were some in the second half, and then Darius Hayward Bay uh, giving them good field position. I, I, I feel pretty good about it. I, I really do. I think they. I feel a lot better than I did last week and we're going to find out a lot more of it this week okay just a process <laughs> so we got a big matchup sunday night nbc prime time baltimore ravens coming to time they're a two and one team steelers behind them in the standings this is a huge game you can't afford to fall too far behind against a division foe and the steelers are going to have to come out and make some big plays what do you think is the, the key matchup in this game? Um, for me, considering I just talked about how I don't think the 
defense, I still don't feel confident about it. I think it's going to be this this back group against those Ravens wide receivers. And here's why. Because they're not the best. <laughs> they have Michael Crabtree and a few other guys. But they're not going to light you on fire. However, if Flacco gets enough time to throw, he's going to throw it deep. And yeah. that's what yeah. really worries me about this defense. Whether they're going to commit a stupid penalty, that pass interference call. Or they're going to give up that really long play that will change change the game that's what worries me in this game and and you know with with Flacco they don't need to complete the pass they just they're just looking for a pass interference penalty that's that's what they do and I think the key thing is going to be you know you got to get to this guy before he can unleash those deep balls and so uh that's why I'm I'm thinking that it's uh you know Bud Dupree TJ Watt against the offensive tackles of Baltimore can they get enough pressure to stop them? Because this this is going to be a slugfest game. It always is between these two, um, and you can't afford to give up a big easy play. We set responsibility for that. Me out front, and uh, we'll move forward. So, with that being said, do you think the Steelers are going to come out with a victory? I do. I do think they're going to win here. Get back on track at what two one and one. Gosh, that's going to be annoying all year. Um, but I do think they're going to win here. I think it's going to be um, a lower scoring game for the Steelers, mm-hmm. like it, twenty-four it, to thirteen. Twenty-four to thirteen, uh, so a comfortable win. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting for a little while there. Yeah, the the you know these two always play each other very tough. Uh, so I ex- I expect it to be a close game. You know, you'd think on paper that the Steelers, you know. Um, should be able to score a bunch of points, but you know, for whatever reason, Baltimore slows them down. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I, th- I think the Steelers are going to win, uh, score around 24 points. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than that. I really do. I, I think it's going to be around 24 to 20. Okay. So we're going to move to the other side of the south side facility, Pitt Panthers. Uh, coming off a a uh, very disappointing performance against North Carolina, uh, and now they sit at two and two with losses to Penn State, and North Carolina, beat Albany, beat Georgia Tech at home. Uh, what is your expectations for this team now? The rest of the season. Now that you've, the season's a third of the way gone. And you've seen them through four games. How do you feel about them now going forward? What did I say they were going to finish? Like seven and five? Or eight I, and four? Some, I somewhere around there. I think I think they're going to be right around a six and six team. So, um, so worse. You feel worse. I feel worse, yeah. And the reason is I just, for whatever reason, they just come out of the locker room slow in the second half and the offense looks stagnant. And I think the reason I feel worse is because I had higher expectations for the offense than they perform so far. And, like, North Carolina is not lighting the world on fire as a football team. So I feel worse so far, especially not so much about the defense, but the offense makes me feel worse because this defense has been bad and it's continued to be bad, but I feel worse because of the offense. Well, you know, I I feel worse but not because of the offense. I feel worse because of the defense. This is why we have a podcast to hash out these issues. Because, 
you know, the offense, you know, you had Kenny Pickett in his, he just made his fifth career start. Um, so, so a young player, he's had, he's made some mistakes. I think he's done more good than bad. Um, and you could tell that they're being a little cautious with him. Each week, they're giving him a little bit more. They're opening it up just a little bit more. Uh, so I like that progression. And last week, you know, despite some mistakes on the offense, despite some terrible officiating, they still scored 35 points. But the defense is just, is just god-awful. And I, I... I think because you had higher expectations for the defense coming into this year than I did. Oh, Maybe that's the case. And you look at the talent on this roster... Um, and, and I, you would feel good about it. You know, I, I do feel, you know, like that there's some, some good ball players here. You were here. high on the front seven or especially yeah. the front group and they cannot get any it, pressure. It, it's yeah. It's, I it's, can it's, make those throws with how much pressure they're not. Well, uh, you, you could certainly make those throws to receivers who are not covered. Yeah. And that, and that's really where it comes down to for me, um, is that, you know, you have guys that are just running wide open and you constantly put your linebackers and safeties in position to cover good receivers and those are just not good matchups. And you continue to do it over and over and over again. And until you do that, you're not going to get anything, any different results, especially when you go up against teams that are running a spread offense and have a uh, a quality quarterback that can make those throws. North Carolina is not necessarily a great team, but they're capable of making those plays, and they're going to do that, especially when they know what's coming, and there's no, there's no differences there. And it's not going to get any easier this week. Uh, Pitt travels to Central Florida, an away game, uh, 3.30, nationally televised, and they got to go up against a... a team that hasn't lost in 16 contests against a quarterback who is a uh, Heisman Trophy candidate as far as I'm concerned, Mackenzie Milton, and this guy is capable of dropping 50 points on, on this Pitt team. I mean, do you see that there's any way uh, that they could make this even close? I've seen the spread around 14 or 16 points. Uh, you know, the way I look at this now, I don't, I don't see how that could happen. What, how they can't. How they, how they could keep it that close. They're not going to. I, I'm going to say something really controversial here. We thought the Penn State game looked bad, but at least in the first half, that was close. Okay. This game from the start will never be close. Penn State first half, it was close, competitive. This game. UCF scores so quick, and they spread it out. They got skill guys. Yeah. Everything the Panthers aren't. I was confident against Georgia Tech because of the running right, defense. Right. Pitt is exactly. a lot better against the run. And I know Georgia Tech's hard to defend, but this is exactly the type of def- uh, offense that the Pitt Panthers can't go ahead. I can see this going... 54 to 7 like it's just gonna get ugly and it's gonna get ugly quick and i'm super high on ucf and i have been for all year so far and last year this isn't quite uh you know the caliber team that they went up against last year when they played oklahoma state where oklahoma state was just dropping bombs from 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 the start of the game uh i think Pitt's gonna get chewed up a little bit differently 
Um, I think it, there's going to be quick passes and the guys are just going to beat everyone down the yeah, field. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly what it's going to be. And and so I mean, what do you do to do that? You got to have you got to have some ball control offense. It's not like UCF lost a lot of players on defense last year, so you got to think that Pitt should be able to move the ball somewhat. But but are they going to be able to do that consistently? Or do you go with uh, if you watched last week's Army Oklahoma game? I went in to overtime because Army went in with a game plan of just controlling the ball. That, that's what and they so, have to do. And maybe Pitt has to do that here. But even if they control the ball, UCF's going to score almost every time. So that that's just what it comes yep. down to. And, and I, you know, these are the types of games, though, that they can surprise you <laughs> when you think that they have no chance in the world. And that's why I said... Yeah, at the beginning of the season, I have a feeling that they're going to win one of these Central Florida and Notre Dame games. This game is just a terrible matchup, though. It, it is just, just absolutely awful. I feel more confident against Notre Dame. I do, than I this. do too. I yeah. do too. I don't know about y'all, but I want to win a national. So we both think that this team is headed for two and three right now. Um, a lot of people are very upset and very restless about, about this team and their performance so far and I don't know if it's necessarily the, the how that they lost to North Carolina how they lost to them um, but I think it begs the question you know is is Nar- coach Narduzzi is he on the hot seat here in year four and, and still having these kind of struggles I heard an interesting stat the other day that before Nick Saban took over at Alabama, I think the average college Power Five coaching tenure was 6.75 years. Since Nick Saban took over and has been dominant and everyone's been trying to change him, the average tenure is 3.75 years. Yeah. So that means Narduzzi would, right now, is a little bit above average. Well, he hasn't made it to 0.75. True. Yet. That's true. Um, but I think the reason people are upset is because we were promised a good defense, a defensive-minded guy. Oh, let's just wait until he gets his guys in. He's got his guys in yeah. now, and yeah. they're not performing. I think this was the year for that defense where people felt that they would be better because he's got his guys. They've developed. They haven't been suspended, you know, issues they've had in the past. And it's not like, you know, it's – it's not like he has a team full of seniors, but it's not like he has a team full of freshmen either. And, you know, he has some, some good – I feel like he's recruited some good players, but he's just not using them right. And it's it's disturbing that, you know, this is a defensive coach and he's he is just sticking to his system constantly and it's not working. You know, if – It know, might work in – it, it worked in the Big, Big Ten, Ten because against, they, they ran it more. Yeah, in the Big Ten, the majority of those teams were not spread teams, and the majority of them did not have elite quarterbacks. And I think that makes him look a whole lot better. I think that makes this system look a whole lot better. And we, talk, we talked about it last season. you got to be able to adjust. you got to get some more speed on the field, you know, I mean, the poor tackling is one thing that they've had. You know, they could have done a whole lot better that game had they tackled better. But if you're going to trot out the same scheme, and you're not going to get different results. And, and, and how can you expect this guy to get any better 
and get this program better if you're going to continue to make the same mistakes. Okay, pick one. Cold, warm, or hot? How hot is this seat? I think it's, I think it's warm. I wouldn't, say it's, I wouldn't say it's hot because I do feel that having a, you know, consistency is important. And it's only been four games. I'm willing to give him a chance to see how he does and finishes the year. Okay. But, it, but it's warm enough. You know, and, you know, you can't just pretend like those two eight and four seasons that, that he had his first two years didn't happen. And they were they ha- they were you know rather un uh, undermanned last year, so I'm willing to throw that one out. But you know this year should be a completely different story. So let's let let's see what he does. Yeah, I, I mean I don't think we can I don't think we can really uh, get too upset about it. But he's got a lot of tall tasks coming here. This schedule is gonna is getting very difficult. Games like against Syracuse and Duke that. You know, people thought you know that were were sure wins or not. Duke's in the top twenty-five. Yeah, and Syracuse might or isn't too far behind. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, and it, and it's it's in it, it's heating up for sure. Just fly together. We're gonna switch gears now and talk a little bit about some big-time boxing matches that have happened over the past couple weeks. Of course, we had the the Mexican Independence Day rematch showdown. Uh, Canelo scoring a decision victory over Gennady Golovkin uh, with a very entertaining back and forth fight. And then we also had last week, we had Anthony Joshua in just a lovely night of boxing across the pond, uh, scoring a knockout over, over Alexander Povetkin um, in a heavyweight showdown. Uh, two very exciting bouts. Uh, which one did you like the most here? Joshua because it was yeah. a knockout really um I think I think Golovkin Triple G was good they were both good I just um to see a knockout was was good with Joshua there yeah. um and it it got to the point you knew it was coming he now, just it was quick and you knew I mean it went a few rounds but it was happening now the the whole I thought the whole Canelo fight was very exciting from from start to finish back and forth the Mexican fighting spirit was on display, but it, did the fact that it ended in con- a little bit of controversy over over the outcome did that uh, kind of damper the decision? No, it, I did it, think Canelo won. You thought he did? Yeah, I did. I thought it was close, but I did think he won. I I would have given it to either slightly to Golovkin or a draw. Okay. Do you well, wanna, I don't. Do you want to see a third match? No, I think it's done. You're done like, with it. yeah. Okay. What a hit, Denzel Ward! You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. Now we're gonna switch over to the UFC here. Conor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov are gonna have a a monumental fight. Some are calling it maybe the biggest of all time. Six October next week, MGM or T-Mobile Arena. MGM Resorts, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, but we had the press conference this past week. Very bizarre. These two guys going at it. Did this make? How much more hyped are you for this fight now that you saw the press conference? Not at all. I have no <laughs> desire to watch this. I think McGregor's a pig, and I don't want to watch this fight at all. You don't want to at least see Khabib 
uh, take him down. No, because McGregor is just, I, I have no desire to watch anything he's a part of. I'm done with his act <laughs> You're and done, his antics just and just him. Yes. <laughs> he is a clown, I think. I I, I was very disappointed. Um, it, you know, wouldn't even let Khabib speak at all. You know, he just kept interrupting him. It was just very rude. Um, but I will say this, it got me hyped to see it. You know, this, it, it's it's now all coming together that it's real. This is going to be a major clash here. Uh, we're going to be talking about it next week for sure. Oh, great. <laughs> we will definitely be talking about it uh, and given our official predictions. This is going to be a, an exciting bout. Uh, classic match of styles here for, for a world title. Uh, I just can't wait. I'm undefeated. Never lost. Philadelphia Phillies. Officially eliminated to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they had a lot of games against head-to-head at the end of the season, and they just couldn't win them. They had a chance to get back in the standings, and they just well, couldn't no, do it. Well, no, it was out of it before. Well, it, well they had a chance. They, were, they weren't they were mathematically eliminated yet. And, and Until they had, game three of the Braves yeah, series. And, well, if they would have won the first two games of the Braves series. Maybe things would have been a little different. But the slide really started... Uh, yeah, you know, beginning of, end of August, early September, uh, and they just ne- were never able to recover. Uh, how would you describe this season? I would say roller coaster because there were so many high moments, then there were so many low moments that it was just unbearable at times, and it was erratic, and that is really hard. At least with a. Ye- uh, team, if they're consistent, you kind of know. Okay, maybe we're not the best, but we go in. We, you know, we know what we're about. But like, you, you couldn't even watch them. I mean, I did, and it was like torture. Their defense was so bad at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's just an article about how the Braves have built their team around defense, and the Phillies have done the opposite. And it was exciting, but it was so erratic. It was tough to watch. The highs were great, but the lows were were even worse. Yeah, you think it was kind of they just they just couldn't rise up to the occasion. No, they, they because... just fell fell under the pressure. And, and let me let me hear me out here. You know they're behind the Braves. You know they gotta. You know every game is critical. Every every out is critical to try to get back in that race. And just too many errors. No, this slide started. So. The slide started before they were behind the slide. They but it were was still. They were, they still were like neck three neck. games up, yeah. and th- I mean, even before that, the thing is, the Braves played like crap at the end of August and beginning of September. It's just we played more crappy. <laughs> that's that's the well, only well, way. That's well, the PJ PG word to describe it. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I, I it they were able to build. Uh, some momentum for the future, I think, though. You know, with, have, with I having guess, a decent... but I, I have a lot of questions. You got a lot moving, of questions. Moving forward. Okay. Well, that we'll uh, maybe, delve into. Maybe I feel a little bit more optimistic, you know, uh, because this team, you know, they had their best season in quite a while, would you say? Yeah, but okay. But how... They... Yes. Yes, but... Um, and I actually feel really good about the manager. I do not think this is on the manager because towards the end, during their slide, he was throwing every lineup out there. The players just could yeah. not hit the ball. Um, so I feel good about the the manager, actually. Um, yeah, there's good things. Yes, I feel good about it. I just I have a lot of questions this offseason, and I've been super optimistic about this team. 
it's just the way it ended has just been bad. Well, this is why I would feel optimistic. You know, they, they've you know some of these younger guys that they're that they're trying to build up are showing some promise. They didn't do it for the full 162 games, but uh, they did it more often than not. Just not enough at the end. And this is not a this isn't a team that is not afraid to go out there and add to it. And that that'll be the big thing this offseason. Down the stretch they come. We're running out of time here. We got to get to a few last things on our list. Uh, big things to watch for this weekend. We're going to give you three of them right here. Uh, two big college games. Uh, Ohio State going up against Penn State. Um, this is at Penn State, this game. Ohio State about a three and a half point favorite. Uh, if you look at Michigan State, they already got a loss. Michigan already got a loss. Not necessarily in conference, but they've lost games. Wisconsin uh, lost a game. You know, the winner of this is going to be alone on top of the Big Ten in the driver's seat for a playoff run. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here? I think Ohio State's going to win and win pretty easily. And it this isn't a Penn State bashing thing here. It's just I think Ohio State's a very, very good team running on all cylinders right they, now. They, they, well, they, that's, they have that's a quarterback. What... They are an excellent team. I think they could actually compete and beat everyone in the nation. Even it's... without Nick Bosa this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, not, not, not like if they have to play Alabama. But, yeah, they're going to win, and they're going to win, like, you think? maybe by – 10 points hey, here. Penn State, tough place to play. Night game. Very high edge there. Yeah, this uh, is... I yeah. think Penn State's a good team. I, Saw them live in person. I just think Ohio State's that good. And yeah. I hate, I hate saying that. Ugh. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I I don't think Penn State's that good. I, I think they're a good team, but they're not in, in this class, I don't think. Uh, you know, I think the line, the reason it's clo- as close as it is, is because of because of the home field, because of the nighttime atmosphere. What is the line? I think it's about three and a half points at the win uh. right now. Um, but, you know, I, Penn State last week against Illinois, they struggled for three quarters of that game. That was that was a ball game, and Illinois ain't that good. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Stanford is going on the road, play a night game at Notre Dame. Uh, this is a huge game for Bryce Love in the Heisman Trophy candidacy. Uh, Stanford came from behind last week in a, a pretty amazing comeback over Oregon, and now they got Notre Dame this week. I believe Notre Dame's favored in this ball game. Uh, what do you think here? I mean, you, Notre Dame. Not a lot of people are given a chance necessarily that first week against Michigan, and they they blasted them there. Yeah, I think that might say more about Michigan than it does Notre Dame. I think this is going to be a really close game. Um, close game. Yeah, because. Notre Dame's starting there, not Wimbush. It's the other guy. And that's, I, think, I think that's going to help them. I, I think, I, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I think that's going to help Notre Dame, and I yeah. think that's going to get the offense moving a little bit where they've been a little stagnant. Um, I think – I think I, th- I love Stanford. I really do. Um, I, th- I think they're going to win, but it's going to be like a one-point game. This is going to be one you're going to want to watch for. Hence yeah. the segment. Okay, I, I'm I'm actually going to pick Stanford in this ball game. Believe that's it or that's who I picked. Okay, well, it seems like you wanted to pick Notre Dame. But I you do, but Stanford's in... <laughs> my team, though. I... Well, I, I I'm I'm picking Stanford to win this game outright. Um, I, I 
it just seems like there's some magic with that team. And I, I just, I don't know what it is, but I think that, you know, they, they got a strong quarterback, uh, you know, Bryce Love, an excellent running back. They got a good wide receiver. Uh, and I think their defense is good enough to slow Notre Dame down. Uh, so I think they're going to be able to do it. I, re- okay. I really do. Uh, last thing we want to talk about here to watch for is we got all these division races coming to a close. You're going to give us an update on them right now. Yeah, so baseball. In, in baseball, there's really two division races uh, of note right now. The Central, believe it or not, is really close. The M- Milwaukee Brewers have been playing excellent baseball uh, as of late, and Christian Yelich should be the NL MVP. Um, they're only a game and a half behind the Cubs as of this taping on Tuesday. And then in the West, the Rockies are only a game and a half uh, behind the Dodgers. So, um, sorry, Dodgers fans. I don't think the Phillies are going to help you much because we got blasted <laughs> by the Rockies last night. Now, what about the wild card? In the wild card, so it's getting really interesting. Oakland clinched in the AL wild card. However, they're only a game and a half behind the Yankees to get that home field wild card. Now, how game. critical is home field in a wild card matchup? Um, I think it's kind of critical. Um, I don't think it's super critical, but hey, it can't hurt. And then in the National League, um, Milwaukee's in really good shape, even if they don't win the division. St. Louis is right there, but right behind St. Louis is Colorado, a half game. So it's a three-team race out there. So if Colorado or L.A whoever doesn't win the division they're in contention um the cardinals have slipped a little bit as of late but um it looks like if uh, milwaukee doesn't win the division they'll be in good shape to host the wild card game there but uh always exciting this last week of baseball and a preview monday and tuesday monday and tuesday tuesday wednesday next week wild card wild card games yeah the al game and the nl game yep next week yeah so we'll know the whole playoff bracket we'll be breaking down all the major league baseball playoffs next week can't wait to talk about that so that's why you got to make sure that you subscribe to the keystone connection podcast on, on itunes uh so it automatically gets downloaded to the device of your choice that's the best way to listen to the show you don't even need to think about it it'll just pop right up there and we'll talk to you next time